please be aware that some of this podcast has poor quality sound. Apologies for the inconvenience. You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 55. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I am Guy Mullen. And I'm Chris Field. Great to be with you. It's good to be back, Chris. And today we're, we've, uh, we've got a, a guest back on the show that um, was a novelty for us the first time around. It's yeah. no, novelty is a bad word, actually, isn't it? It was a delight, <laughs> it was a delight to have her on the show for our, uh, our 51st podcast, and she's back. We're, we're, we're going, what do you call it? We're, we're, we're having another lady on the, on, the, on the program. We are. It's a pleasure to have Robin Jordan back on the show. Robin, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. And, uh, and Robin, we're, we're going to be talking today about something which is, uh, which is on your heart, and it's something that you see a lot in the, the people that you work with as a, a life coach with, uh, with women. And uh, can you tell us what it is we're going to be, what, what that is? Well, Guy, as you said, I see and work with a lot of people that have the same common denominator, that they mm-hmm. they don't love themselves. They don't love themselves. No, and they spend a good part, well, the majority of their life seeking love, their worth um, and their lovableness and in, in every way that they can by people pleasing and they start to pick up roles to become somebody that they think is going to be that person to receive the love that they so desperately need and yet I really feel that there's so much worth in building the love that we can have for ourselves. So Robin when you say they don't love themselves is there another way of saying that are you talking maybe about inferiority or something? Yeah, they don't feel they're good enough. They don't feel that they're worthy and they question that they are actually lovable. Okay. So, so I'm just wondering whether there are, broadly speaking, there are two types of people. When I've, I've asked this question actually from, uh, from a relative of mine and he reckoned that, well, actually people think too highly of themselves. But you're saying that, that there's a problem in the opposite side of things where people don't think highly enough of themselves. Well, it's interesting when you say think highly of yourself, sometimes that can be a role and sometimes that can be a mask to actually cover their lack of self-worth. Because if you have that um, a, a healthy level, a healthy self-esteem where your needs are met, you've got healthy emotions and you have a healthy you know, self-esteem um, and have healthy boundaries, you do not have a need to be thinking yourself, you know, elevating yourself and controlling others because you're just content with who you are and being rather than, you know, what everybody thinks of you and how impressive you might be to other people because of your works and what you're doing. So what's the, what's the first, why is this a problem? Why do we need to, to love ourselves? What's the first circle, I guess, of problem that comes out of, of not loving ourselves? I think there's a, a sense of shame and not belonging, and we all have a sense to belong um, to others and to ourselves too. Um, 
that is why you know people are attracted to communities in so many ways, whether it be in a church community, whether it be sporting, people gravitate to those things because it gives them a sense of belonging. And um, Brene Brown shares that because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. Robin, let me pick up a question. You use the expression shame. Uh, Is that a big part of what people experience when they're not really loving themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can often experience something in our childhood, perhaps, and this is very evident with people that have been um, perhaps sexually abused, and that's um, the, you know, one, one end of the spectrum. But it can be um, as much as not being academic enough um, and your parents making it known that to be acceptable or to be successful or to be acknowledged by them and praised by them, that um, they need to have high academic achievements. And you see, you know, young people, and then they take it into adulthood, taking on that role of becoming a a really high achiever and they become over-functioning. So they take on it like a role that, and they drive themselves, they strive to be better, to be um, more. And there's that deep void within themselves that they're not accepted for just being. And often that's not really what the parent might have actually intended. And yet a child can take that shame and shame as I said about around sexual abuse or anything that's happened like that, um, and they make it about them, where it's not been their responsibility, and they had really ninety percent of the time, or ninety nine probably, it was nothing to do with them. It was somebody else making poor choices, and they were the victim in that situation. And yet, they took on an element of shame, and I think often that shame happens because it's hidden. And shame loves shadows, doesn't it? And we mm. see, you know, in our in our world that people hiding behind um, behind roles, behind a great mask of having it all together or being, you know, the good person and yet underneath these deep secrets. And I think that's where vulnerability is, comes in and such an, a powerful thing to be able to... Um, shine the light on some of the shame so that people can be set free from it. Uh, uh, go on. Oh, okay. Well, is this something which is always always obvious or can it be going on under the surface and we're completely unaware of it? Absolutely. I think it's um, something that you just keep on putting the lid on and it's not till sometimes, like I find within my coaching business, that you ask those pertinent questions to someone that you've built rapport up and it's just like the walls come tumbling down and it surprises them. And they had no idea that actually all of the striving, all of the, the you know, a lot of people that people please or pay the hero or even, you know, somebody that's always playing the fool and always the joker and everybody's buddy because they're the life of the party. Often it's masking something. It's masking a pain. Um, a need, a void that's within them, and that could be shame. Mm. And you're saying that these people may not realise that they may actually think that's their personality. 
Absolutely, and, and I think they might be aware that they have a low level of anxiety of, well, what will people think? Oh, I should do this because that's what's expected of me if they really stop to ask. And yet, with shame, it's amazing as adults how clever we get at avoiding actually going there. We manage it by avoidance. Mm. I can think of, I could probably guess it's half a dozen different celebrities, singers, film stars that um, that probably had this going on under the surface that, that died at very young ages that uh, on the outside things looked great, things were fine. And like you say, with the life of the party, we're great comedians, uh, funny and, and talented artists, but deep yeah. down inside, within, inside, they were just dying. Well, I, I would actually even go further than that and say, did they have a healthy a sense of, you know, I amness, where they did feel lovable and they felt worthy and they had healthy boundaries? I, I don't know whether they... Um, you know, would have. And I think with our epidemic of suicide in both Australia and New Zealand anyway, because that's, you know, obviously where we're coming from, um, I think there's a lot of people living, playing roles, and mm. it's time to resign from those roles and let's start getting authentic and real and start peeling back the layers that have built this crud and this crust around our true core and our inner selves. And it takes work and sometimes that's painful. And yet being able to tap into those emotions again and actually release them is a really healing process. And yeah, I, I, I sense that there is even shame, you know, even often with um, the church community, the Christian community around self-love and yeah, I find that really interesting because Christ loves us so much and when he says, be the light, or in Matthew 5, or he says in Galatians, you are set free, how does that happen if you don't have a healthy um, love for yourself? And I think, you know, learning to love yourselves is actually a way of showing others, especially the people that are close to you, how to love you back in a healthy way. So Robin, when you're discussing with one of your clients and you've revealed to them that they've got these sort of shame and uh, self-love issues and you say they could be quite surprised by that, how hard is it to get them to go the other way? Oh, not hard at all because it's like you've opened, opened the lid to something that they've been suppressing and trying to avoid for a long time. And in the quest to try and feel better about themselves and find what is holding them back, when when that lid is open, they, they've already come willing to um, want change. So, yeah, and actually there's a great sense of relief. And that's what keeps on coming back from my clients is that, oh, I just feel a sense of relief or I feel lighter or I've had the best sleep I've had for years. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm. Just owning your truth and being able to say it as it is, it's, I'm just passionate about it because I realised in my own life that I played a hero role for so many years where I was strong, I could do it, I 
didn't acknowledge my own needs and my own emotions because I tried to be the good girl and and that started when I was young to please my dad and I recognised quite quickly in life that um, it was better to keep the peace and not, you know, come out and make any dramas or any scenes by saying this has happened or you feel this way. It was better just to, you know, be the good girl and appear to um, be happy. And yet in my latter life as I came into adulthood, that really didn't serve me because I denied a lot of my pain within me and I thought I had to be optimistic, I had to be happy and um, so I masked and I you know, played that hero that I could go through breast cancer by myself and I could do it and yet underneath I felt really abandoned and lonely. So yeah, and yet, you know, when I talk about resigning from the roles, there are aspects of roles that obviously are great. And so keep that. It's educating yourself, you know, keep the parts that are going to serve you and serve others and resign from the, the parts of the role that aren't going to serve you. Because ultimately, when we are our true authentic self, we've been able to give so much more resourcefully and effectively to those around us, those we love or those we minister to. And how would a person find what you're calling their true authentic self? What what sort of process is involved in, in discovering that? Well, I think within you know my coaching business, it's about asking curious questions and knowing that a client will come to me with um, a safe problem, and that might mean that could be as some as easy as something like I'm procrastinating and I just don't seem to be able to move forward. And it's by, you know, chunking down and asking those deep questions that you actually start to get to the crud and into the risky problems, what really they have been avoiding, actually, you know, acknowledging. And, yeah, so that's the process that I take my clients through is through questions and, um, you know, taking them to those places that all of a sudden they realise what has um, truly been at the root of some of the things that have been holding them back and have been stopping them from living a wholehearted, fulfilling life, that they can feel that joy and that they can go out there and be the light of the world. So how would somebody, what are the symptoms? How would someone know whether this is something they need to address or not? Well, I think if you have that sense of even... Um, in your daily life where you get asked to do things and you say yes and yet deep down you really don't want to, to be saying yes and there's that, there's that small sense of resentment and yeah or it could be masking some emotion so that you appear to be the person that you expect that you think everybody expects you to be yeah uh, it's as simple as that and also that um, feeling like you're on that forever um, spinning treadmill that you just can't seem to get off and yet you are maybe you're hitting a lot of benchmarks in business maybe you might be you know hitting some great goals with your sporting you know um, goals and yet there's something still missing there just is that low level of anxiety that 
something's not still lining up and I yep. would I would say that the majority of time it would be that they are living a role and that they haven't come to really accept and embrace their humanness and their authentic self and start being able to you know champion themselves and trust themselves because there's a lot of people living life not being able to trust themselves yeah there's an interesting assessment that i do with some of my clients and it's a person a disc personality assessment Oh, yes, yeah. A third-party uh, one, which uh, which I license, and uh, it comes out with two different results. It comes out with what your personality is, and it also comes out with another result of what you th- what you think other people expect you to be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes they're pretty close, but other times they can be vastly different. Yes. And so yeah. it, it gives some very good clues as to, yeah. you know, what you need to dive into as a, as a coach. And I think it's it's a process too, Guy. It's not just, you know, have six sessions and you're living your true authentic life, living your purpose. You, yeah. it, it's like that, you know, the metaphor of an onion, that it's just those thin onion layers of peeling back, peeling back. And, you know, as a Christian, you know, to allow God to be able to do that within us too. And yet he didn't create us to be a certain way for us to go and reinvent ourselves and start living a life that's not aligned with really who we are, did he? No. Uh, the good news is that anything that's been learned can be unlearned. Absolutely. But the uh, but the issue is if you spent a whole your whole life learning something and and living a role, putting wearing a mask uh, and masking what's going on underneath, it can take quite a long time to yeah. peel that back and to Put in place the right habits to uh you know to, to stop doing that i think the biggest challenge with that and you're so right is the tribal enmeshments um you know the things that we do to be accepted within our tribe our family mm. our immediate family and when you start changing some of those habits that you've had or the roles that you've played because everybody loves it you know you hear people saying Oh, they're such a lovely person. They're so kind. They just—they're always there for me. They just drop everything and come to my rescue, or what? They're always willing to do, you know, whatever it might be. People like people like that, and yet the person doing that is slowly, you know, withering within because they're not really living their truth. And to go against your tribe. It's not an easy thing, and that's where I think you need support, either, um, you know, your, your close circle of friends that might support you in that, or perhaps like a coach that um, can help support you on that journey to start living your truth and being okay with that and knowing, especially as a hero, we have a need to not disappoint people. We don't like disappointing so when you and it could be something as easy as well we're not going to do christmas with you this year because we'd really like to do something else and for some you know tribes it's a big deal it's just like an unspoken thing we always get together at christmas well what Mm. what if we didn't is there is that the end of the world you know Yeah. yeah and it's things that we do without actually being aware and I think a lot of life and this whole journey 
within, I think, is, is having awareness that, that we do these things. I think another aspect that comes to my mind is that the culture itself is very much Western culture, modern Western culture, is very much image conscious. And, and the whole idea is to trick up your image. I was walking through a, a shopping mall yesterday and saw a sign in front of some cosmetic shop and it was extolling the, the virtues of having this wonderful hair. And it, it almost as if if you use this product and your hair looked as good as this, somehow you'd be a different person, which is completely ridiculous. But it's almost like uh, endemic in our culture to believe that if we can improve our image, we've actually become a better person somehow. Your hair does look good today, though. You get a haircut. <laughs> I can't We've got this it. far through the interview without you having to do that. <laughs> Well, actually, I think that's a really good point, Chris, because I think the world is trying to find our needs out there, isn't it, in the outer world? And yet, really, if we spent some time discovering our needs within ourselves and within our, you know, that spirit being and all that we are within us, um, we'd have a different outcome. And I actually personally have found, as I've um, been on this journey of, I guess discovering me and you know you've heard that story of you know I've been reinventing myself and I guess questioning a lot of things that I have thought I was or that I was expected to be that I no longer have the needs that I used to for a lot of the outer world trimmings it's really interesting it's more experiencing the experiences and people and that connection that I really desire rather than the material things so uh, you know I'm not saying that's definitely the you know what it is and yet I question is that because I'm feeling so much more fulfilled and real within myself that I'm no longer playing some of these roles I've played and trying to meet everybody's expectations meet everybody's needs at the expense of my own yeah. Mm. So what's the first step? If somebody is sitting here and, and thinking to themselves, wow, there's so much going on in, inside that nobody knows about, I need to deal with this, what should they do? Well, I think the best thing is to, to even to sit with it for a time, start writing some things down and actually, you know, our emotions, that's a really big thing. So if you've got some emotions coming up, start writing them down and yet I really think the key is to get somebody to help you work through this you know whether it be a coach or a counsellor somebody that is prepared to help you take you into that and in a world do that in a world work with you mm. um, because once you have that awareness um, you you know you really have that deep sense that you need to make it happen because when you're aware it's, you don't really feel good, do you, when you're, you're just avoiding it again. And what if you've got a real fear of doing that, really digging into those those areas that you've buried for so long? Yeah, and that's understandable. And I think you've got to ask yourself, are you, where is the pain? Is the, are you prepared to put up with the pain of never being set free um, is that greater than actually the pain of stepping out and actually owning your story and 
owning the truth that is within you and sharing it with somebody that can help you bring it into the light and move you forward. And I'm sure, you know, you would feel such a sense of relief if you did that step. Um, nobody can do it for you. That's the thing. You mm. have to desire that change. And I've, you know, personally seen people that, I guess, pride and ego that's helped keep them stuck in their sense of shame. Um, and, you know, that's a powerful thing. And I think with your audience, um, Guy, you know, with males, that is something. There is an element of pride in their ego and their fear of being vulnerable. And yet, um, it's the biggest gift that you can give yourself because vulnerability really is authenticity. And yeah, just sometimes you've got to just have that courage of knowing the pain of staying where you are is far greater than the pain of stepping out out of your comfort zone and feeling that fear and yet reaching out to somebody because if you don't you will be like a lot of patients that I've looked after in the healthcare sector where they die with an unfulfilled heart they die with that song unsung within them and mm. they have much regret and I try and learn from these people because I think they're at the end of their life and I don't want to be that person uh, that has regrets, that I didn't live my true self. And yeah, we're, I mean, you would know, you know, even with your, um, those profiles that you do, we're all so different and we have such different personalities and being able to embrace that and really feel like you're living in alignment with who you've been created to be and your purpose is such a beautiful gift that you can give yourself. I guess, too, from a Christian point of view, Christians are the ones you would expect to have the the, the greatest ease in moving into positive self-worth because yeah. of all the stuff that's in and the you Bible. You look at what's in the Bible, yeah. yeah. I, I don't see that. That's not my experience. The mask, a- the mask is that, but truly down deep, they... <clears throat> The, the way they live their lives, you know, I, I guess when you learn a bit about human behaviour, you start decoding people and you can actually see what's behind, you know, some of the motives. And just for example, um, people that are, you know, great servers within a church and um, there are those that just serve from their heart in a humble way and that's just a beautiful thing. And yet there are people that serve to get significance. Yeah. And the significance is something that we all need. And yet for those people, they may have, it might be one of their core drivers to get significance and they're not getting it resourcefully. They're getting it um, unresourcefully, which often can lead to that, you know, narcissistic. Um, Chasing chasing it from the wrong place right and essentially that's idol idol worship isn't it when you you're trying to get what should be coming from god you're trying to get it from from other things either idols that you create yeah uh or that are out there so you know doing doing work around the church or serving uh at a higher level of of busyness really a smokescreen for actually fessing up and being uh, you know, actually doing what is actually harder and developing a relationship with God and being vulnerable before God and others. Exactly. Because the, the Bible tells us so much about how he delights in us. You know, Ephesians 2.10, 
for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that he planned for us long ago, you know. But those those verses, we can read them, but how come they don't sink in? They don't become something that we actually believe. That's right. It's And I think we can tell somebody how loved they are, how beautiful they are, how they are this or that, but they until they start to feel that from within, Guy, they will never believe it. Mm. And that's why it's, it's shocking at times when you hear and you see people living a life that where they feel they're not enough and they feel such shame even around what you were saying Chris about their body and you look at them and you think I mean some of the young women that I you know come across and I think it's it shocks me that they you know they're beautiful young woman it's like they've got everything going for them and yet they feel all of those things and I think that's why I believe this message is so important. There's just nobody immune to it. It's something that um, I think as humans, yeah, I haven't met anybody that really has truly connected with their inner selves and that they have that healthy self-esteem. And that's not full of pride or full of, you um, you know, puff. It's really where your core values are you know you're enough you know you're valuable you know that you're lovable and you just can get on and focus on the things that are important to you um, and live your purpose authentically and there is nothing more beautiful than someone that is prepared to be vulnerable and I think you know as far as men's concerned there is such a beauty in a man actually tapping into their vulnerability and getting real. And I think there's a lot of men on that treadmill, they're working, they're doing things that often they're miserable in, just trying to make the money to provide for a family. And yet deep within, there's a part of them and an element of them that are dying within themselves because they're not acknowledging what really what their needs are. It's just living that life of what's expected, what they've got to do. And once you can start uncovering it and acknowledging it, then there's an opportunity to start making some changes perhaps in your lifestyle and the way you're living. So Mm. you can live your life where it ignites some joy within it because who wants to live life where you don't feel, you know, a sense of joy in your daily life? It's not just all about, you know, the the odd holidays and the odd fabulous experiences it's in the everyday life that i think the real joy comes from and there is a choice and there is a choice chris mm, yeah there is a choice, isn't i was there? going to say robin you've actually opened up i think a can of worms for a lot of people and that's really good to get get people thinking about that and also your advice that people really should uh, tap into their support networks and start to look at a way of uncovering all of this um, we've come to the end of the time we have. So I think what we should do is put a hard word on Guy here to give us two scriptural reasons why we should feel good about ourselves, maybe even three if he's that good. Okay, well, I gave you one before about Ephesians 2.10 that, you know, God says we're his masterpiece. So, you know, and stop and think about that. You know, if you're loathing yourself, but God actually says, well, actually you're his masterpiece and he's created us anew. There's, um, there's the... 
famous scripture from Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. It talks about how you are made, you, God has made us in the, in the delicate inner parts uh, of, the, of, of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb and his, and how we should be thankful to him for making us so wonderfully complex and his workmanship is marvelous, you know. And John, First John 3, 1 is a beautiful verse. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. And so if God loves us enough that he would actually put himself on the cross and kill himself for us, that we can go from being separated from him to being his children, to being part of his family. He loved us that much while we were his enemies, while we were offensive to him, how much more does he yet, let, yet love us after we have given our lives to him and are following him? Um, not through what we are doing, but it's all just through faith. We don't have to maintain our being saved. It is just through faith because God loves us. And I guess the bottom line there, if I could just quickly make this comment, it really shows us that if we're carrying shame, God didn't put it there. He loves us. He doesn't want us to be ashamed. He's got a solution. Mm. So, Robin, a um, couple of quick final words from you before we let our audience go. Well, I love that scripture to begin with, and perhaps I could just share um, a, 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 another quote, and it says, how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you, and authenticity is a daily practice of letting go of what who you think we are supposed to be and embracing who we truly are. Because God has a purpose for our lives, doesn't he? Not to be like Joe Bloggs down the road or Mary up the street, but to be you and utilise your gifts, your talents. And that is going to come from being authentic and truly having that sense of your own self-worth so that you can go and shine your light to the world. So stop performing, stop being what you expect yep. others expect you to be and stop doing what you think God wants you to do. You know, I've heard it many times and we've heard it in our, in our church and there's, there's truth to it that, you know, if you're breathing, there's things that God wants you to do. Yeah. But if that's our sole focus, we've missed the point. He wants us to be first. He wants relationship first. Exactly. Stop stop doing and just be. That is exactly right. And learning to um, nurture yourself so that then your cup is full so that it can overflow to the people that cross your path in your life or your job. Yep. And just as you say, take the mask off and let's start getting real. Okay. All right. Well, we've covered a lot of ground and there's so many Pandora's boxes that we've opened. Here. <laughs> we could go a long way, Robin. We could dig into this in all sorts of ways. Yeah. But thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing these thoughts with us. I'm sure that's been helpful to a lot of people. Right. Um, I hope it brings some value and just helps people to start examining where they really are and make today, you know, put that stake in the round, ground and start creating some change towards living your authentic life. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us, Robin. And to all our listeners, thanks for joining us on the show again. And uh, if you want to reach out, you can do that uh, through realmen247.org and through our Facebook page. Get in touch and you can also get in touch with Robin as well. You will uh, find your contact details on the show notes. Uh, Robin, you want to just tell us what, the, what your business is called again? 
Uh, Courage to be you, coaching with Robin Jordan is my Facebook page. So you can find me on there. Okay. Well, thanks thanks again, again, Robin, and all the best, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.